listening to the Sit Down Standout Show, the podcast where people with all abilities and challenges can stand out from the rest, even if they've got to sit down to do it. I'm Ben and Dykstra, the Rolling Dragon, and it's time for this show to take flight. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Sit Down Standout Show. The podcast that gives people with all abilities and challenges a chance to stand out from the rest, even if you have to sit down to do it. I'm the Rolling Dragon, Ben and Dykstra, and I've got a unique special guest with me today to commemorate Lyme Disease Awareness Month. By the time this drops, it will be the month of May. So our guest is a healing empowerment coach, a hardworking former real estate broker, and a loving mother of two who took a great deal of care to make sure that her children got the best treatment possible when the universe dropped a bomb on her and she found out that they had Lyme disease as well as a variety of mental health conditions. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Liza Blessed. Liza, how are you? I am great. Thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. I'm so honored to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on our show. Now, to start things off, I'd like to take you back to the very beginning. Your children were around high school age, teenagers at the time. Now, every parent knows puberty is a difficult time in any child's life. The hormones are raging. But at the same time, your children wound up getting Lyme disease after coming back from summer camp. Now, you didn't know this at the time because... Lyme disease is a relatively deceptive condition. So combining mental health challenges that they had to deal with, as well as finding out your children both had Lyme disease, when did you realize this is a serious situation? Yeah, such a great question. So um, it really started manifesting as more than mental health issues, but psychiatric issues, truly. I think both of my kids always had anxiety and panic and were both really sensitive, even when they were younger. Mostly my oldest child, though, much more than my younger kid. My oldest is a girl. And when she had come home one summer from summer camp, her anxiety was truly off the charts. And she kind of had like a huge breakdown that was just not normal. It was just not within even her own range. You know what I mean? Everybody has like their own sense of typical. And um, she ended up also having a severe eating disorder. Even when I picked her up from camp, not only was she displaying um, kind of psychiatric episodes and really severe intrusive thoughts, she later admitted to us that she had been hallucinating, but she also lost almost 20 pounds. Like she had lost like 18 pounds and she's not a big person at all. So, um, so that was kind of how we entered the space of Lyme disease. We didn't know it was Lyme at the time, but that is really what her symptoms manifested as. That is incredible to think that Everything seems to be normal. You got you had your real estate co- broker career going on, and then slowly but surely, both of your children progressed to just having I don't know out of the norm changes. 
And Lyme disease can be, as I said before, it's a tick-borne disease, basically. Kids can very easily get bitten by a tick and think, oh, it's just a simple mosquito bite, and then move on like nothing happened. But what really happens is, is it's a very unique bacterial infection brought about by the ticks that are biting the people. So at the time, you did not know that you your kids had Lyme disease. So who did you go to for advice and the research? Because worldwide, I don't think it's a very well understood condition. That's such a great question. So I should just back up and say that my daughter went to this camp two years in a row. And the first year she wrote me a letter, it literally takes like five days or more to get a letter because they're kind of in upper Minnesota, which it's so rural. Okay. And so it takes a couple of days and she wrote me this letter and she said, oh my gosh, I pulled a tick off of me. I was really scared, but the nurse at the camp said, it's okay. It has to be attached for like, I don't even know, 48 hours before anything can happen, which is completely not accurate. And I got the letter and I called my pediatrician right away. And my pediatrician told me the same thing. And it was like, it's okay. It really has to be attached, you know, a couple of days. And, you know, knowing what I know now, I would have insisted that like my daughter start an antibiotic right away. But anyway, you can't change the past. Then she went a second year. So, and also was, you know, randomly pulling ticks off. But I guess what I'm trying to say, Ben, is a lot of times you can have that bacteria infection in your body for like months, even years and be okay. But then something might kind of just tip you over where your immune system can just no longer battle it. And maybe my daughter just got hit the second year with more. So, um, you know what I'm trying to say? So it's kind of not this, that's, this is why it's so hard to make these connections because it's not going to be immediate. It could be months and even years after getting bit by a tick, sometimes trauma can ignite your immune system to start, you know, having issues and fighting the infection. But long story short, my daughter just kept getting worse and worse. And it wasn't even until goodness, maybe like a year later, she'd been on medication. She's seeing a psychiatrist, she's seeing a therapist, and I'm I'm just not getting anywhere. We even went to a university hospital that kind of tested her and evaluated her for um, bipolar or schizophrenia. Nothing's coming, coming out of this. And it was another mom who pulled me aside at a holiday party. And she said, Liza, you might want to jump down the rabbit hole of Lyme disease because I know another girl around the same age who is presenting with these similar psychiatric problems. And this girl has Lyme disease. So that is when I went back to like our functional medicine doctor. And I said, can we rule out Lyme? And she agreed. She was like, yes, I wish I would have thought of that. Let's rule it out. And you actually have to do a very special test because the testing that the traditional medical community utilizes is faulty up to 71% of the time, you will get a false reading. So it's very, very difficult to test for you need to use these outside tests that are not covered by insurance, unfortunately. 
And let's just face it, all medical insurance is not cheap, no matter what kind of plan you get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just not something that, that you have to use just a more sophisticated test because the bacteria hides, it hides in tissue and it hides in organs. At this point for my daughter, it, it had crossed the brain barrier. It was in her brain. And that is why she was having psychiatric issues. It was also causing inflammation in her brain and her own immune system was trying to attack her brain because that is where the bacteria was. So it really launched her into also PANS, which is pediatric acute onset neuropsychiatric syndrome, which is a psychiatric syndrome of brain inflammation. And one of the reasons that can cause it is Lyme and some of these other co-infections because these ticks are not just passing Lyme. They're also passing these other tick-borne infections like Bartonella, Babesia, Rocky Mounted Spotted Fever. I mean, there's just, there's like dozens. Yeah, there's so many, you would take an entire uh, thesaurus to fill out all the definitions. Truly. Um, going back to Lyme disease specifically, I think because of what you just discussed, that it's, it could lie in her immune system for years. It could lie dormant. That is probably, in my mind, why Lyme disease doesn't get as much national attention as far as a condition goes. But can you think of any other condition as to why... People are just not necessarily as aware of Lyme disease. Great question. So two things come to mind right away. One, testing. Testing is faulty and people might, physicians might rule it out with this traditional test and it's just going to come back um, negative. There's a, it's a two-part screening test, but it's very faulty. So because of the testing being so um, faulty. That's one reason. The second one is in medical school, they really do not teach Lyme disease or tick-borne illnesses. It's truly like 30 minutes. I mean, people I know who are doctors, including Dr. Bill Rawls, who, um, is a huge, uh, speaker in this space and a thought leader. They all say in medical school, a lot of doctors are getting Lyme disease and that's why they end up treating it. And they even say in medical school, we're not taught about this. I think it is a very complex illness. There's also not a ver not a specific protocol to treat Lyme. It's really based on bio-individuality. To heal and recover from Lyme is not a simple um, it is if it's an acute stage, like if you just got bit, you have a bullseye rash, you're, you're feeling sick. Okay. Then they can give you antibiotics and you'll probably kick it. But again, that's really not what's happening here. You could have a delayed response just because your remote, your immune system is trying to fight it. Um, but so, um, there is not really, if once you're in a chronic state, there's not really a cookie cutter protocol or pill that you can just take. And so, because it's so unique to the person, it's not, there's no quick fix. And I think so much of our medical industry right now is just kind of like giving you a patch, putting a, a symptom, a band-aid relief. And that's not what this illness 
um, fits in with. And so it just becomes too overwhelming and it's unfortunate because it is so complex that I think a lot of doctors just don't learn about it and therefore don't treat it. Hopefully with time, more people can learn about it because now we have individuals like your kids who can say, we've been through this experience. We know what it's like. Take the advice from us, take our information with and do something with it later on. And it actually reminds me a lot of what we've been going through worldwide with COVID over the last couple of years. People have gotten a lot of false positives because we didn't know anything about it. So who knows if you might have got a false positive, but COVID was lying dormant in a lot of people's systems. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. And you want to know something, Ben. So many long haul COVID people are finding out that they had a dormant Epstein-Barr virus that is now flaring or dormant Lyme disease that is flaring. Um, They're starting to see the connections between long haul COVID and tick-borne illnesses and or Epstein-Barr. That is definitely fascinating Mm -hmm. to think that Hey, one minute I got the right test that we thought at the time. It turns out negative. You move on with your life thinking everything's normal. Then it's like, whoa, apparently I had this for years. Yes. Yes. It's because our immune system is doing its job, right? And 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 certain ailments you feel might become normal to you. And then it just takes like one more infection like COVID or a tick bite or Babesia, just like that one more infection just kind of like taps you over. And all of a sudden, it's just like the straw that broke the camel's back. Absolutely. Now, going back to your kids, Where it had to be such a tough process as a mother, of course, like any mom, you love your kids. You want to try to figure out what's best for them to try to fix the problem. But because of how, I don't know, not much is known as we'd like about Lyme disease, where do you draw the line when trying to figure out the best course of treatment between here's what the doctor's telling me. And here's what my children are telling me, because I saw or I listened to you interview your daughter and talking about the hyperbaric treatment process. Mm-hmm. She is one tough cookie. Hey, my fellow standouts, it's the Rolling Dragon, Ben and Dykstra, here to ask you a couple of questions as we've reached the halfway point in our program. Has life thrown you a curveball? Have you lived with what many people would consider unfortunate circumstances or unique challenges? How have you turned them around into something positive for yourself and for others? Is it your time to stand out from the rest? Well then, register as a guest at www.rollingdragonmedia.com and get ready to stand out from the rest. And now, for the rest of our story. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's it's hard. You know, you really have to use your intuition, even working with doctors. Sometimes the doctors, what they were saying, even if I didn't agree with, I really understood and felt that the doctor was coming from a really um, good place of expertise. I just had to run a lot on my gut and a lot on my intuition. And at the same time, listen to each of my kids 
you know, um, now my daughter was older than my son. So I def, and she's also, she, you know, she's definitely more mature for her age. So she definitely had a, you know, a bigger say in the treatment we would do together, you know, when we would make a, a, a choice to do something, but she, yes, she did end up doing whole body hyperthermia in Mexico. It included hyperbaric chamber. It included some ozone IV therapies, all of these things. It was not easy. It was two weeks of like really grueling days. And the truth is she needed it. Like she was suffering so much that it, you do get to a place of like, we really are so desperate and we agree to do this. And, um, it did help her ultimately, thank God. But yeah, it was just a lot of prayer, a lot of intuition, um, and just having a lot of faith. Absolutely. And I just want to point out to any parent that does have a sick child, regardless of what the disease is, it's okay to trust your gut and be wrong. It's okay to realize something didn't work. Let's try option A through Z. There's no need to try something and have it fail and feel guilty about it. There's no need to burden yourself with that because we're only human, first of all. And there is still so much we have to learn about all of these diseases. So I want to go back to you having to go through watching all of your kids go through all this craziness. It had to take a severe toll on not only the family, but on your own mental health watching all of your kids go through this and at times thinking, I don't know what I can do here. So how did you look after your own mental health aspect while dealing with all of this? Yes. And thank you for saying what you said, Ben, because I also made a ton of mistakes and I really had to learn along the way. I think that, I think you're right. We really cannot beat ourselves up at all about this. We're always learning and I got better at discernment. So I wouldn't have been able to sharpen that tool if I didn't have like these stumbling blocks, but I ended up getting my own therapist. I had to check in with somebody. And even when I remember getting on this therapist that I had seen for two years on her couch for the first time. And she was like, wow, you are dealing with a lot. I mean, it was almost like she was giving me the validation of like, wow, this is, this is a lot. And I think, um, and I started also, you know, doing family therapy with my kids and just kind of slowing down. I also had to learn how to manage my own emotions. Like I had no ability to sit in my own discomfort. And that is something that I had to learn. And I don't think I would have learned how to do that if it wasn't for this journey. So I kind of had to heal myself along the way. And when I got more regulated and more um, empowered, I just was able to be a safer, more secure presence for my kids. And that's really what they needed to get through the awful parts of treatment. Right. You were their key support system that you, that they needed to get through yeah. this. And I'm sure there were rough moments for everyone in the family. And I think what happens more often than not is parents loving their kids, they get so consumed with, 
okay, I have to be strong for them. I have to try to help fix the situation. I got to find all the answers. No one has all the answers. So I think any parent out there who's listening to this needs to recognize it's okay to have a day where it's like, I don't know what to do. I'm sad. I don't have all the answers. Because by having those sad days, whether you're by yourself or whether you're with a therapist, it's going to be a lot healthier for your family going forward if you let that out in a constructive way versus, here, let me bottle this up and be super mom. Let me bottle this up and not talk about it till after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. There's so much to it. I mean, I really had to learn how to feel it. Like we all had to learn how to feel our, our own emotions and be okay. Um, in the grief, there was definitely a lot of grief in the journey too. And we all had to figure that out too, but it is empowering to realize like, you know what, we don't have all the answers, but we will figure it out. Like we'll figure it out. Might not happen right now, but we'll figure it out. Speaking of figuring things out, what what kind of plan are both of your kids on now? Because just because they're in a good place now does not mean that all of the symptoms, all of the issues are going to go away. This Lyme disease is kind of permanently stuck to them for life mental because it's also past the brain barrier. It's not going to ever be 100% repaired. So what kind of is the family plan going forward as to how to deal with this long-term? Yeah. Well, two things, lifestyle and um, supplements that we take. So lifestyle is my kids kind of know now, even at an early age, my daughter is now 17. My son is 14, that they really have to protect their sleep. Sleep is so, so important. Um, because even if you get like a cold or a flu, you know, it can really take you down. So, um, and we try our best. I mean, my kids are still kids. They're still eating like all that teenage food, but we do have to like clean it up more than other families. So we try to eat cleaner and, you know, clean Monday through Sunday through Thursday, you know, and, and kind of be a little more loose on the weekends. And then, but from like, just, uh, medicinal standpoint, we are all on herbs, herbal therapy, and they're just pills, plant, plant-based herbs. And that's kind of what we are all on to protect us from these microbes, these microorganisms, because you can get hit again. And like we live in Florida, so there's constantly mosquitoes and bugs and parasites they are everywhere, right? Like we live in this world of like bacteria. So the herbs really help protect our cells. And we also take mitochondrial support to, um, just to kind of help us within our bodies that the herbs that we take actually kill microorganisms. Um, and that is kind of just like our insurance. And that's one thing that's always kind of good to have. And uh, any kind of insurance is good insurance, whether it's car insurance or whether it's yeah. herbal insurance. Yeah. Now, I remember you, I was just listening to a previous episode with, uh, I apologize if I get the name wrong, but Dr. Muller. And you mentioned that at one point you recognized I've had Lyme disease lying dormant in me for years. Yeah. Did you ever have moments where you were like, I don't know, of guilt that, 
oh no, I could have accidentally passed it on to the kids. And how did you, how have you been able to get through all of this crap and help yourself? Because that's not an overnight process whatsoever. Yeah, it's so true. I thought all these years that I just had an autoimmune. No, it's mine specifically is called Hashimoto. And now within the Lyme community and with all the people I speak with and the more I learn, congenital Lyme is really big now. It's a big buzzword, especially within the autism community that are we like, are we all passing these mothers who are unaware that they have Lyme? Are we passing on a congenital load, which is really then hard for the baby because they're vulnerable right now. They already have a load of Lyme and other tick-borne infections. And then, you know, they just kind of, the the load just keeps getting bigger and bigger as they grow. So um, it is something to consider. And especially since both of my kids, you know, had Lyme, nobody remembers ever. um, I shouldn't say that my son doesn't remember ever taking off a tick. My daughter does. Um, yeah, it was really hard to think like, oh my gosh, is this my fault? But I did just have to let that go and just give myself grace because like when you know, when you know better, you do better. And truly though, the part that was even harder for me to wrestle with was the fact that I actually had Lyme rage when my daughter was younger. So there is this part of Lyme where some people are very aggressively angry. Like you just have a very short fuse and it's called Lyme rage. And I, now I know that I have Lyme, um, but I really had a lot of rage, especially even around my daughter when she was young. And that's the type of trauma that can be so damaging to a person who has these infections, you know? And so that's the part that I really consciously chose to work on, like my fuse and defusing and tending to my nervous system and getting more regulated so that I can operate from a place of like neutrality, as opposed to like always being like high and low, high and low. So that was work that I needed to do. It didn't happen overnight, but it, you know, it gets better and better. The more you are aware of it and practice, um, tending to your nervous system. Right. And that's something I think that is not talked about enough that we all Every day we're alive, we're working on ourselves, whether it's from a physical standpoint or emotional standpoint, we just don't notice because we're all so busy doing our thing. That if you work a little bit every day on yourself, you're going to be a better person long term. You might not see everything right away, but it's progress, not perfection. That's one thing I think that is something that needs to be said a lot. Now, you've you and your kids are at this point in a good place. You've got your plans all sorted out. When did you decide, you know what, I'm going to try to help other parents by telling happy stories. When did that podcast come about for you? So actually the podcast was launched while we were still in treatment. And the story goes like this, Ben, I was at therapy with my daughter and her therapist at the time who we don't see anymore, unfortunately, because we moved. He's amazing. His name was Ben. And I told the therapist, I said, Ben, 
I am really worried because I don't know if Ava, my daughter, wants to be happy. Like I'm afraid that she's identifying as like a very depressed, anxious person, you know, and 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 she doesn't have the desire to be happy. And he asked her, he said, well, what do you think, Ava? Do you want to be happy? And she's like, yes, I want to be happy. And he goes, well, what would make you happy? And she said, I would be happy if my mom was happy. And I was like, I'm happy. Oh, I'm, I'm a happy person. And he was like, she doesn't think so. And I wasn't happy, Ben, because I had like, to, you know, quit being a commercial real estate broker. And I ended up being like this professional firefighter. And all I did all day was like put out fires because treatment is hard. Lyme is complicated. And I just didn't have a source of happiness. And so I had to like stop and think like, oh, well, what would make me happy? And I'm like, you know what? I want to launch a podcast. I need some happy stories. I think other people would like to hear some inspiring stories. And so that's when I launched the podcast. And it was because I was yearning for something to make me happy. As we're starting to wind down here, um, what advice would you offer to any young parent or any young individual or someone who has just realized that they've got Lyme disease for the first time and they don't know how to quite deal with it. They don't, they're struggling just like your kids were struggling. What advice would you offer and where can other individuals go for information on the condition? Yes. If you are newly diagnosed or if you even suspect Lyme, there are some great resources out there. LymeDisease.org is a non for profit um, platform global. And um, you can find resources on treatment, testing, physicians, all that good stuff. If you have um, younger kids um, and you're the caregiver, or not even younger kids, um, you're the caregiver, my advice to you would be focus on yourself. I know we're going to like want to tend to our children right away, but you really just sometimes if you don't check in with yourself and regulate yourself first, you could just be like triggering, triggering your own child or coming to them from a place of panic and coming to them from a place of urgency, which is not only not helpful, but it can actually be detrimental. So better to always check in with yourself first. One of the books that really um, helped shape my mindset about healing from Lyme disease is a book by Dr. Bill Rawls called Unlocking Lyme. And he also has a new book called Cellular Wellness Solution. But Unlocking Lyme was so important for me to read because it gave me hope and it taught me that lifestyle changes are so, so important. And we will have links to all of those things in the show notes below. Liza, where can people reach out to you if they want to ask you any questions from your own personal experience? And where can people listen to the Very Happy Stories podcast? Yeah. So my website is simply verryhappystories.com. I'm very active on Instagram. If you um, just search for Liza's Very Happy Stories and my podcast, Very Happy Stories, plays on all platforms, Spotify. Um, Apple Podcasts, also on YouTube. So yeah, I can't um, wait to connect with people. 
And that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Sit Down Standout Show. Liza, it has been a pleasure to have you on. From all of us here at the Sit Down Standout Show, I'm Ben and Dykstra. She's Liza Blast. Keep calm and roll on. <laughs>